Roll down tide. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, this is the Beer Garden presented by Oxford Crystal. Like to hear a little bit more conviction in your take, though. There was a lot of maybes, a lot of what ifs, a lot of questions. You need to just get on here. You need to fire and and put me in a position where I have to tell you that you're wrong. And now, here's your host, Neil McCready. Nice, nice. Welcome to another edition of The Beer Garden, presented by Oxford Crystal. I'm your host, Neil McCready. Today on the show, Chris Landry of Landry Football, LandryFootball.com, joins us. We talk all things football, as you might expect, college football, the NFL, um, just kind of get his thoughts as training camps are underway and reporting date is here, all of the uh, college uh August camps, fall camps, whatever you want to call them, have begun or are beginning over the course of the weekend. We're about four weeks away from the start of the college season. So a lot of football to get to, and we'll get to that with Chris Landry in just a minute. But first, let me tell you about the Oxford Crystal. It's on Highway 6 West in Oxford, just next door to the Oxford Exxon. Right now, all you can eat, only five ninety nine every day, crystals and fries, dine-in only. So go in if you're starving. And uh, you can indulge to your heart's content right there in the Oxford Crystal. All the crystals and fries you can eat for five ninety nine every day. And of course, they still have the $3 square meal. They've got the uh, scrambler breakfast bowls, bacon sausage, uh, fresh cracked eggs, everything you could possibly want right there at the Oxford Crystal Highway 6 West in Oxford. I'm t- coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call the number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get a great quote. Then you get a great vehicle. Great service after the sale. Corey really takes care of you. Corey wants to be your truck guy. He wants to be your car guy. He'll prove it to you. Call that number, 662-257-1900, and you'll see why I say that. We're also uh, coming to you on behalf of LB's Meat Market. LB's is open in Oxford Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6.30, Sunday from 1 to 6, 662-259-2999. It's located at 2008 University Avenue in Oxford, across the street from Kroger, Redone the outside of that shopping center. It really looks nice, and LB's is terrific when you step in. They've got everything you could want. Prime beef, uh, incredible sausages, a wide array of, uh, of sausages to choose from. Beef, chicken, pork, lamb, uh, seafood. Uh, he's got catering. He's got sides, the jalapeno poppers, the twice-baked potatoes, this, the uh, stuffed mushrooms. There's so much to choose from. Greg Jones does a phenomenal job. It is if you live in Oxford, if you visit Oxford, if you're passing through Oxford, it is worth it for you to stop by LB's. You'll love it. Make sure you tell Greg that you heard about LB's on the beer garden. He'll make it worth your while to throw some things in your bag that make your already incredible meal that much better. We're also brought to you by Community Mortgage, located in Oxford, Memphis, DeSoto County, and Chattanooga. It's 30 years old. 
It's one of the oldest mortgage companies in the southeast. All of the underwriting and the processing is done in Memphis, so you're getting local underwriting that understands your market. It's also the leader in condo financing in the Oxford market. So get in touch with Jason Lowe and ask about Community Mortgage's float-down option, which allows you to lock in the current rate, but if rates go down before you close, you can get the lower rate. It's J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. And we're brought to you by Strategic Partners and Media SPM is a full-service advertising agency that works with businesses of all types, big or small, Fortune 500 companies to startups. SPM can help your advertising needs for TV, radio, print, and every facet of social and digital media. And look, here's why SPM is really good and different than other ad firms. They handle everything in-house. They don't sub their work out. The writing, the production, the editing is done solely by their staff and crafted uniquely for their clients. And lastly, an Ole Miss grad and a Mississippian is a partner in the firm. So get in touch with them. See how great they are. It's Austin at strategicpartnersmedia.com. Again, Austin at strategicpartnersmedia.com. Now here's Chris Landry with Landry Football and LandryFootball.com. Chris, welcome into the show. I really appreciate you taking some time. I know it's uh, it's busy and it's about to get even busier, so I, uh, I appreciate you carving out a little time for us. Man, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Uh, just love it every time I can, and uh, hopefully we can do it more often. But excited about the football season as I know you are. Yeah, and I'm as intrigued by the team that I cover Look, I know I'm not covering a, a championship team. This is a it's an Ole Miss program that is still very much kind of walking away from the wreckage of, of the NCAA stuff and, and the, all the Hugh Freeze scandal and all of that. But this is an intriguing year. We're not having to write about bowl bands. Uh, there there is some consistency within the program. It's Matt Luke's third season. He's got Rich Rodriguez as his offensive coordinator. Mike McIntyre as his defensive coordinator. Uh, they're back to full strength from a scholarship standpoint, although it is a really young team that is super thin in some spots. Uh, I want to start here, and then we'll backtrack a little bit. Ole Miss has a funny start to their schedule, Chris. They they open with Memphis on the road, and then they get Arkansas at home in week two, September the 7th. They get southeastern Louisiana in week three. They get California at home in week four. They go to Alabama, and that's a loss. And they get Vanderbilt at home in week six. So there's a scenario where they get off to a really good start that gives them an opportunity to get to six wins. And there's a scenario where some of those games, Memphis, Arkansas, Cal, all losable games where they lose all or some of those games – Getting to six is impossible, and the mood around the program, around the fan base, is is real negative. So I'll start here. I'm going to get your thoughts on Ole Miss in a minute. But I want to start off by getting your thoughts on Memphis and Arkansas. What do you look for, for from those two teams, especially early in the season? I think both are really good. I think Memphis is, is, one, Memphis is one of the best G5 teams. I think they've got speed. I think they've got – a great chance against Ole Miss. And I think it's one of those games that you don't like if you're Ole Miss. Because if you win it, I think people, Ole Miss fans, and regionally, you know, and everyone that follows it knows that's going to be a really good win. But nationally, not that it really matters what nationally what people think, but that's going to be one of those, oh, yeah, it, you're, you're a Power 5 team. should beat a group of 5 teams. And you should. But where this Ole Miss team is and where right now and where this Memphis team is right now, that team – has uh, is, is got a great chance to beat Ole Miss. Uh, if Ole Miss is able to win that, that's a great win. 
Arkansas game is there. There's no doubt in my mind that in terms of a roster, those are the two leanest looking rosters in the West. And that will probably determine just what you said, whether they can get to six, go to a bowl or whether this is going to be a really down year. Cause if you don't win those games, the only two games that I can tell you that you're going to win for certain is Southeast Louisiana and New Mexico state. Yeah. And everything else is look, Cal doesn't have much of an offense, but they're pretty good defensively. Uh, you, you get, you know, two out of three to start the season, you know, and then you go to Cal, you know, you, you just listen Two two three one would be three, one would be, uh, just peachy, you know, and, and oh, almost, almost more than I can ever hope for Ole Miss two and two gives them a shot to, to win, um, you know, but but listen, you're right. Not going to beat Alabama. Not going to beat LSU. Not going to beat Auburn. Not going to beat A and M. You just don't match up. And here's the thing. Probably folks will realize it during the season, but the Ole Miss fans may or may not, I don't know, realize it that Missouri's quite a bit better than than Ole Miss. And unless they come back and have some injuries, that's a very very unlikely win. And Vanderbilt has a trifecta of playmakers. I mean, look, there, there's there, there again, there's only three teams that I tell you two with a hundred percent certainty that Ole Miss is better talent. Southeast Louisiana and New Mexico state. I, I think Ole Miss is a tad better than Arkansas at this point as a roster. Memphis is questionable, but I mean, I think that Ole Miss certainly can match up in some areas and others, not as much. So that's, that to me are, are like must wins if you're going to get to a bowl game. And then, you know, Cal could be the possibly of a fifth one. And then, you know, maybe something happens outside of the beating Arkansas if they can do that to get you to six. But I, I think getting to six is going to be tough. I think it's going to be really tough. I think it's more like four or five. I've got real concerns about the Rebels. I've obviously, they're replacing a lot of big play guys on offense. I like. Matt, I like what he's doing, but it is tough to make up ground. If you're Arkansas, you're Ole Miss, good luck. Yeah, you can get top 20 recruiting classes nationally. That's good enough to put you sixth or seventh in the SEC West. I mean, everybody else was recruiting better. Um, I like the confidence level and the lack of ego to go out and hire Rich Rodriguez and Mike McIntyre. Those guys are not going to be at Ole Miss long. They're looking for their next opportunity. Are they going to be good enough on one side of the ball to where, you know, I mean, if they're successful, then that's good for Mac. If Matt, if they're not successful, then they're probably all gone. I mean, so I don't know what type of, st- of their stability, but I don't know going forward what type of stability. I, listen, I just, I think they were, had more explosive potential last year, but I think they've got, um, I think they've got the potential to be a little bit better in the running game, but they just, they don't match up personnel-wise to most people. So it's going to be quite a bit of an upset. To, to yeah, I mean, I don't see them going on the road and beating an Auburn or beating an LSU or beating an A&M. You know, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Mississippi State, yeah, possible, likely, probably not. You've been around Rich Rodriguez a lot. You've seen him at, at uh, Tulane. You've seen him at West Virginia, at Michigan, at Arizona. I mean, he's a guy that's got a ton of coaching experience. He is undoubtedly a, a, an, a, a brilliant offensive mind. 
What do you expect from him with this team? It's it's a very thin offensive line. It's a uh, it's a talented but completely unproven quarterback in Matt Corral, uh, who's backed up by nothing but true freshmen. I mean, Matt Corral's not started a game. The kids behind him have never even played in a game at quarterback. That's what's on their I roster. They, I mean, freshman, 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 freshman. That that that's and a junior at quarterback. How about that? I mean, that's that's incredible. Yeah. So what do you kind of let me – they've kept everything kind of under wraps, which I think is a smart thing sure. to do because they don't have a lot of advantages going into the season and secrecy is one. So what, what, if, you're, if you're kind of looking ahead to that Ole Miss-Memphis game, what do you anticipate Ole Miss's offense looking like? Because obviously it's going to be a far cry from the, the, the Phil Longo system they've run the last couple of years. Yeah, it's going to be different. It's going to be tempo. It's going to be fast. They're going to want to get to the line of scrimmage quickly. They're going to want to get defenses misaligned. They want to be able to snap the ball before they can get aligned up defensively. That is a way to camouflage maybe um, limitations on the offensive line, let's call it. Um, you know, maybe to crease people. You know, listen, I mean, to some degree, um, without the talent, what Gus Malzahn likes to do over at Auburn. Just you tempo, fast, get you misaligned. And, you know, that 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 is going to be what they're going to do. Love Scotty Phillips. Um, I'm just tickled, you know, pink that Ely's going to focus on football selfishly. Um, look, I, I just I think they can be a pretty good running team. That's what that's what Rich likes to do. And I think what he's going to do and be forced to do here is, is to be able to run the football. And then with, with that, then they're going to force numbers into the box. And then it's going to be a little bit easier easier for the passing game for Matt to have success. And they don't have the guys that they just can line up, throw the ball to win 50, 50, the proven guys that we all know the great talent they had at receiver that, that they don't have those guys. Although I think there are a couple of guys that are going to be really good. Uh, they just don't have the proven entity there. So I think you're going to see fast and tempo. Defensively Ole Miss was abysmal the last couple of years. Just, just awful most of last year couldn't get lined up right um eyes in the wrong place fundamentally unsound how much it's a lot of the same guys back uh, this season that played in that how much of a difference realistically in your opinion can Mike McIntyre make they're switching to a 3-4 yep uh He's obviously going to be an upgrade as a technician defensively, as a strategist defensively. How much of a difference can all of that make when a lot of the talent is basically the same? Well, it's going to be tough. I think it could make a difference, but not a substantive difference. Because I think from a personnel standpoint, there's going to be limitations. But here's what I like about it. I think that going to a 30 front, I think it fits the personnel at least on the front end. Depth-wise, that's where I worry a little bit. And I worry, you know, even the elite defenses in today's offenses, you get paced and you see the Alabamas of the world all of a sudden can't can't function all that well when they're on the field for snap 85 as opposed to 65. So I worry about depth. But, but I do think they have some players that uh, I think are really good players on the defensive side that can be – you know, differences and the difference making type guys. I think that they're going to be a much better from a gap control standpoint, 
not missing out angle pursuit of angles. I think that's going to be better, but, but the overall speed and playmaking ability on defense. I mean, I think there's, there's limitations here. I, I don't know uh, how else to put it. I think that that's real. I don't think that's going to, going to change, but listen, I, I, I think, you know, they've got a couple of tackles that can play. And I think they got a couple of linebackers that can play. I mean, I, I think they'll be better, but I don't know, again, how much it's going to show up on on the record book. I think the challenges early against Memphis is going to be, you know, in their speed and what they can do in the run game, going to be a challenge. Then Arkansas, you know, listen, um, you know, they're – in his second year over there, they're, they're going to try to spread out a little bit. That'll be, that'll be a different look, you know, and, and I think with Cal, they're not very good offensively. So you got a chance to be successful through the first four weeks to some degree to get a feel for what you can do and what you can't do. And then of course, you know, I'm going to bypass Alabama for a second and just say, all right, let's see how you can handle Vanderbilt which is doable, and then Missouri with their offensive line, great tight end, great back, A&M and Jimbo, that, that's where it's going to start to get difficult. And then Auburn, you know, that, that, and then LSU, that, that's where it's going to be a real challenge, I think, over the back end of the season. I want to stay on Arkansas for just a minute. Uh, Ole Miss is going to see them early. Um, I'm going to be in Fayetteville in a couple of weeks, so I'm kind of curious. Who, who do you think the quarterback is going to be there? Is it is it Hicks or is it Starkle? I know he's more familiar with Hicks from the SMU days. Starkle, probably a little more talented quarterback. What do you anticipate there? I would be surprised if it's not Hicks to start because he can really run. That offense is about decision-making, quick decisions at the line of scrimmage. And I really just think it depends upon Starkle's progression and how quickly that is. But Hicks makes the most sense for what they're going to do and how they're going to do it early. Um, that's kind of how I see it. But I, I do recognize Starkle's ability. And what they've got to get is more consistency there. They're starting to recruit playmakers in space pretty well. Um, they don't have enough on defense yet. But on offense, here's where I see – what Chad potentially could do. Not now, not even 2020, but if everything goes right, meaning if he's able to recruit similarly, the the ceiling for Chad at Arkansas is to be what Hugh did at Ole Miss. Great offense, spread you out, cause you a lot of problems, recruit at an elite level if it can do what you did there now the difference is is you got some big war daddies on defense and they combined that offense with some pretty good defensive uh, teams as you know arkansas is not there yet and you know i'll talk about and I, I love chief but you know john chavis is a press man play the numbers play the run with numbers and he's Pretty good coordinator at LSU and at, at Tennessee when they had a lot of talent. He's not very good when he's got to adjust what he wants to do because he's not very eclectic in his defensive view. So they're not going to be very good. Akim is a really good player, but they don't have much there. So I think Arkansas is intriguing. I don't think they're better or worse than Ole Miss. It's why I'm really excited about that September 7th game, almost from a – I don't want to call it a train wreck look, but I'm, 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 to me, that game is going to tell you who's likely going to finish last in the West. 
and maybe who might have some hope to, you know, this season, the loser's probably going to be in trouble. Because, yeah, um, I mean, Arkansas opens the season with, what, Sam Houston? They're going to get a win there, and then they go I to – I think o- Portland State. Portland State, yeah, and they'll get a win there. They'll beat Portland State. And then, then they get Ole Miss. If they win that game, it's this the part of – it's the part of, of – predicting that is impossible right because you know like we talked about Ole Miss a minute ago let's say let's just play kicks and giggles for a minute Ole Miss goes to Memphis and finds a way to win they come home and they beat Arkansas somehow some way then you beat southeastern Louisiana and now all of a sudden there's a little pep in everybody's step and a little confidence and some guys are really believing the coaches now and when the coaches tell them hey here's what we got to do the kids are thinking you know what man I mean the guy kind of this guy's a little crazy and sometimes I don't really like him but he seems right, and everybody loves winning. Winning, winning is winning is a cure all. And so you you win, and then Cal comes in, and you know the place is packed, and you you win a fourth quarter game against Cal, and and again I'm doing roses and 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 flower petals right, right now, and, and then you go to Tuscaloosa and you lose, but you knew you were going to lose, and uh, it wasn't a big deal. It, it, maybe it wasn't as bad as you thought. You lose by I don't know 24 points, and you get back on the bus, and you go ah you know. We knew we weren't winning that game, and the coaches are immediately going, "Hey, Vanderbilt, we're turning the turning the page to Vanderbilt, 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 Vanderbilt." And you 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 come back and you beat Vanderbilt. Well, you're five and one at the turn. New Mexico State mm-hmm. still on the schedule, and now you know, even though no one says it out loud, you go, "Hey, we're bowl eligible." It's These, a different world. Everything's a free shot now, and well, so and I, you know I, what I, I mean. And, and so, a, yeah, and, yeah. And, and the flip side of that is. You lose some games. And for Arkansas, it's kind of the same boat because they're going to beat Portland State. And then if they come to Oxford and, and, and win one, well, they wake up the next morning. They're 2-0. and They've got an SEC win. Starting to feel a little better about things. It's, it's the psychological benefit of getting off to the good start. that It starts to – don't get me wrong. It doesn't negate the fact that, hey, we don't have enough defensive players to win consistently in this league. But you do get guys start playing over their heads a little bit. You get hot, right. you get momentum, and you know what I mean? It's, it's that. Right. And Well, I think both Arkansas and Ole Miss, it is not out of the question that either could – both can't. Either could start 4-0. and Now, I would submit to you that Ole Miss's path is a little more difficult because Memphis is better than Colorado State and San Jose State, and Cal is – a really good defensive team, very underrated, probably a lot better than most people know. Whereas, now I know Arkansas just blew the game against Colorado State last year. That was a disaster. They got to win that. Got to win San Jose State and Portland State. So I mean, I think Arkansas is either four and zero or three and one, and that the 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 differentiation is going to be the Ole Miss game. Whereas Ole Miss, I agree with you. I mean, I think that 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 could go a number of different ways. I don't see them going four and zero, but it is not out of the question. I I hope that it's not a case where they lose to Memphis, they get beat at Arkansas, and it, and it, you could be looking at a one and three start. And that that would be yeah, that, a real your night, that's your nightmare. That's that's yeah, that, where that's exactly. Right. But that they've got their hurdles are a little bit more. It's a little bit tougher than than Arkansas because Arkansas, I think, shame on them if they're not three and one. They should be three and one. You know, and and if they can beat Ole Miss, they're four and zero. That's what they should be to start the season. Whereas Ole Miss, I can't sit there and tell you that they should beat Memphis, Arkansas, and Cal. I think there's a really good chance, but I wouldn't say the should part because 
I think Cal's got a little better defense than Ole Miss. I think Arkansas is comparable, and I think you know Memphis is really good. I, you know, I, I'm comfortable in saying I think Ole Miss has got a really good shot, but there's only one game in that first four that I can say absolutely mark it down. You're beating Southeast Louisiana. The rest of them, you know, I would be really impressed. Whereas with Arkansas, I'd be impressed with the Ole Miss win, but I have an expectation that you should be able to take care of business in the other three. Let me get your thoughts on Mississippi State. Year two for Joe Moorhead. He obviously inherited a ton of talent when he uh, took over for Dan Mullen. Three first-round draft choices on defense that they have to replace. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald's gone. I know he was somewhat embattled, but he won a lot of games there. Um, They brought in a transfer quarterback, which is, I'm told, has caused a little friction kind of inside the locker room, if you will. He's got a he's got a talented team, but there are some some roadblocks for him. What do you kind of expect from the Bulldogs? Yeah, you know, listen, um, last year was real interesting because it was not a great season, but it was a good season. I mean, you know, I know that Joe has kind of sold it. Hey, eight and four, we, you know. Joe, you inherited a really good program with a lot of talent on defense. Um, you look at it and you say, well, wait a minute, they should have won more games. But but you also look at it and say, well, maybe beating Kentucky. We know what type of year Kentucky had last year. So it's not an embarrassment to lose to Kentucky. Uh, it, you know, the bowl game was disappointing. You're not going to beat Alabama. We know that. Uh, I did, didn't expect them to beat Florida. I knew that. I didn't expect them to beat LSU. So – it's not a disappointing year. I mean, if, if you asked me, I would have thought roster wise, they would have been nine and four and five and four, you know, in, in the league. So maybe they're one game off of what I thought they would be. They had a hard time adjusting offensively to do what Joe wants to do. It was tough. If they had the defensive personnel back that they had last year with this year, the offense, I think they'd have a much better chance of maybe winning that extra game, maybe two. Um, I, I, I defensively, it's going to be a bit of a rebuild. I think they're going to be better on offense, but you know, I also think that there's a little bit of an expectation level because of what Dan did. It's very difficult. I don't know that Joe ultimately, I think it's a pivotal year. I don't think it's critical, but I, I think it's, it's a pivotal year. And I think there's already a lot of concern about whether he's the right fit. You know, air quotes there, fit. You know, does he know the SEC enough? Can he do that? I, I think I think it's fair to question it, but I don't think it's fair to say, boy, but what a bad season they had. They had a good season. Wasn't maybe good enough. But we need to still see what they can build upon. The, the issue that I have is sometimes you hear this statement from a Mississippi State fan or a South Carolina fan or a Kentucky fan. Well, when are they going to go to the next level? Are you kidding me? You're in the SEC West. You're not going to, unless the their programs have trouble above you, you're not going to be where Alabama or LSU or Auburn or A&M are. So the best you're going to ever be is fifth if the other schools are doing it right. Now, there are years, as you know, Neil, where they're not doing it right and they have lulls and their problems. So I don't, I don't get that whole narrative. Well, you know. Mark Stoops is good, but, you know, I don't know if he can get him to the next level. My goodness, he, he is at the next level at Kentucky football. And I think Joe is 
probably going to have a hard time because matching what Dan did is going to be a challenge. But what you look at it is, can he recruit as well? Can he develop players as well? I thought Dan did a great job recruiting, not getting elite players, but identifying the right players and developing the right players. Can Joe do that? Can they be as good defensively? Can they be as good offensively to kind of protect their defense? Or are they going to go the other way and try to outscore people? That it remains to be seen. So I've got a big question mark for the not only this year, but for the for the future with Joe and the fit. And uh, you know, wish him well, but 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 wonder a little bit about whether that's the expectations are higher at Mississippi State because of what Dan did. But, you know, I mean, they need to get over the fact that they were ranked number one in the first ever playoff rankings and thinking that that's going to be a regular. You remember that? That was a oh, story. Sure. Uh, yeah. Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Top of, what a, sure. That's not that's the exception for both programs, not the rule, in my opinion. So I think they need to get over themselves a little bit. But I, I would say last year they underachieved a tad on defense, and it was mainly because the offense couldn't really support what they were doing on the defensive side, and they won the field too much. Yeah, for whatever reason, and I don't know what it is, I, I'm not. I'm just not sold on his fit at Mississippi State long term. And 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 I could be. I, I will freely say that I I don't know enough to say that's an educated opinion. It's a, it's a feel opinion. I think it's fair. And so maybe I, he'll maybe I, he'll surprise us both and, and and really win big there. But I I don't sense that is coming. And and I'll tell you the quarterback thing. When you're in a locker room where the kids inside that locker room believe that Deontay Thompson has earned the right to be the quarterback and you bring in an outsider, that outsider better be good. Yeah, he is. And here's the thing. You know, Keaton is a really good athlete, but he's not a good enough passer to run that offense. So they're going to have to modify it. Into what degree they're going to have to modify it? How well, how effective can they be running it? Can, Tommy could certainly run the offense and is a little better passer. But as you mentioned, if he's not appreciably better, that causes problems. That's why I think there's some there's some issues there. And um, look, I mean, I I think they get off to a good start. There's no reason why they shouldn't be four and zero because I think they're better than Kentucky this year. Um, I think, you know, going to Tennessee will be a challenge, but it's definitely a winnable game. I don't like them against Auburn. I, and, again, Auburn's got quarterback issues. I mean, it's not an issue, but I think Auburn's better. I don't like I don't like them against LSU. I don't like them against a and um, I certainly don't like them against Alabama. So, to me, I think there's, there's a, an Arkansas win and certainly Abilene Christian. And then, obviously, the Egg Bowl. Uh, I think they've got better personnel than Ole Miss right now. But – you know, I, I definitely think that there's seven, and whether they're able to beat like a Tennessee, that could be eight. You know, that's kind of where I see them. I, I, I think if they went eight and five again, I think it would be a really good year. I don't know if the Mississippi State fans think it's a good year or not, but it is. Yeah. You know? Let's talk about LSU some. Uh, I was watching Ed Orgeron doing some speaking appearances. Everybody makes fun of the voice and stuff. What I noticed is that – he sure seems confident, kind of seems to be joking around, bouncing around a little bit. You're closer to that deal, obviously, than I am. They were good last year. They weren't great. They were good. Uh, you talk about expectations. That LSU fan base wants them to be great. It wants them to get Alabama, to get to that point. Um, are they close at all? Well, I don't think they're – 
they're ready to beat Alabama. I don't I don't know that they will do that. I would say that if things stay the same, I would say probably there's a better chance that as a program, not in an individual game, that maybe two, three years from now, that AM will likely be a, of the two better program with Jimbo than LSU. But I think LSU is very talented again, very good on defense. They're not they're not in their heyday good on the defensive front, but they got a hellacious secondary. They really do. And the linebackers are underrated. And the defensive line's pretty good. And Calevon Chason is a guy that you're going to hear a lot about. He got injured early last year. Yeah. He's going to be a really good edge rusher. Going to be a very good defense. Going to be a very good defense. Offensively, again, <clears throat> for the umpteenth year, oh, we're going to do this, and it's going to be different, and look, and it's going to look different, it's going to be packaged different, and you watch. Joe Brady is a good young coach from the Saints. Speaking of Joe Moorhead, he worked under Joe Moorhead at Penn State. Yeah. He is – in, he's basically the pass game coordinator. So he's helping them implement some of the RPO stuff. I like Joe Burrow. I think he is a tough nut. I mean, he's just no doubt smart. Yeah, he can throw it better than people think. He's not dynamic. And I think he can be a good decision maker in the RPO game. How much of that they're willing to run? Do they get to... This is not going to be a Matt Canada situation where Matt Canada is basically hired by the athletic director and Matt Canada is kind of like, you know, he's, I told him and I warned him all over there that love Matt, but Matt, you know, he, he thinks, and, and the problem was Joe Oliva, the athletic director hired Ed, but I'm going to hire you Ed, but, but you're going to have to go get a name guy and went get Matt Canada. And Ed, God bless him, doesn't know. He's sitting there and he hires Matt, and he doesn't know that Matt doesn't get along with people. And Matt thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and he's certainly not going to listen to Ed Orgeron. And all of a sudden, they're trying to do different things and serve different masters, and the Troy game happens. And you remember, because I remember you telling me, I went into the whole diatribe of the kind of the rise and fall of LSU football and what happened and what was going on, and that was a cluster, big time. And so we're not going to see that. That's why he promoted Steve Insminger. He likes Steve Insminger. Uh, Steve is the coordinator. He's not a great play caller or a great coordinator, but he works within the system well. And what they're looking to do is take this young 29-year-old coach and maybe kind of let him do things. The fans want to see wide open offense. What they don't understand, and even in the case of like Alabama last year, when you open it up, you're going to find your defense is not, not going to be as good. And so they can't stray away too far from the run game. I think the offensive line was very average last year. The running game, I think, will be better due to the offensive line play. And remember the name John Emery. I think he's going to be the impactful runner for them. Clyde's Edwards-Alaire is a solid runner, but he's not special. They've got a really talented receiving core. And so we'll see what they do with the RPO game. How much? Uh, will they get away from ball control? If they start mixing with the tempo and the defense is on the field too much, you got a problem. But to this point, it's been all defense. The offense can't stay on the field. Haven't scored a point against Alabama. No, I don't think they're beating Alabama. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, can they beat A&M at home? Now, they'll tell you it's bad play call. I mean, a bad officiating uh, call that cost them a the game. Look, true, A&M with less talent – beat LSU last year. 
A&M's got to come to Baton Rouge. So that's the end of the year. We'll see how that plays out. Auburn, let's call it what it is. Auburn let LSU off the hook twice in the last two years. Yeah. They had them beat, and, well, that's part of the problem with Gus. And two years ago, when they blew the lead in uh, Baton Rouge, and I re- talked about it, Gus was gone. They were re- And then, of course, they beat Alabama with all their injuries at the end of the year, and he saved it, and, of course, the flirtation and all that. He gets. So that's kind of how they play. But they barely beat Florida last year. Uh, Florida at home. Auburn at home, and Auburn hadn't beaten LSU in Baton Rouge since 1999. So, look, I mean, it's going to come down to Florida, Auburn, A&M. Could they win all of those three games? Yes. Could they lose all three? Probably not. Um, I think they either win two out of three of those games, and if they do, it's a great season at 11-1. and one. Um, The big win last year was Georgia. No one saw that. Georgia didn't play well, and LSU just got – ahead and was just a little bit more physical and caught them off guard, quite frankly. Uh, I, I think LSU, again, best-case scenario is 11-1. I, I think 10-2, and 9-3 and three are more likely in play. Uh, really good team, not championship level. The whole, well, they're 11-1 and one and they can go in with Alabama. They, they're, they're, not, they're not ready to play Alabama. They're not ready to play Clemson. I know they all think, because they beat Georgia last year, that they're in the same class with Georgia. They're not. Georgia is a better program, and if they played 10 times, Georgia would win 7 out of 10. So I think that's where they are as a program. I think they're really good. Uh, I think they'll continue to be good. I don't know that Ed – I, I don't know that Ed's the, the, the championship pedigree. Things are going to have to break right for him. Whereas I would be more confident saying that the future of A&M in a tough SEC West where everybody's chasing Bama, I think A&M, not now, because A&M, if they're 8-4 and four this year, that, that'll hell of be a year, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. But I, I think we're looking at a situation where A&M's future is really – they are not only recruiting well, but they're superbly coached. So Let's do some quick hits, just some quick things, because I've kept you probably longer than you in, intended to stay. A, a couple of quick hits. Auburn opened – you mentioned Auburn a little bit. They, they got the Gatewood Knicks quarterback thingy, and a lot of people there don't want Gus to succeed. There's all that dynamic that just won't go away because it's not going to go away. They open with Oregon, I think, in Dallas, in Arlington. Um, obviously, it's a huge game. Do you see Auburn being steady enough to avoid all of the chaos that, that wants to surround that program? Probably not, because look at that schedule. They got Georgia and Alabama. I mean, they always do, but Georgia, Alabama, Clemson. I mean, Alabama, Clemson, Clemson, Alabama, whatever you want to say it. And then Georgia is the next best program that hasn't won championships. That That's that's pretty doggone tough. You got two of those three, and then you got to go to AM, go to Florida, and go to LSU. Stuff and 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 if you go eight and four, like you win one of those three games, maybe that's not good enough. And and if you don't play well against Georgia, Alabama enough, I mean, here's the thing. I understand the frustration of the up and down Gus, where they're championship level and then they barely struggle to make a bolt. That that drives them batty. 
the president that gave him the new deal when the flirtation took place with Arkansas, uh, he, he, you know, he's gone. So who's really supporting him? Now, there's they, they will write checks, you know, about as well as anybody, but they're going to have to pay him out a lot of money. So what do you do? Because it's not going to – I don't see it being a disaster. But I also don't know how it is possible to think they're going to be 10 and 2. I mean, I just – I mean, okay, so – in order to do that, you, you're going to have to either upset Georgia or Alabama, and they're going to have to be circumstances there. And you get them both in Jordan-Hare, so it's not out of the question. But if you're either going to have to do that or going to have to go on the road and beat all of A&M, Florida, and LSU. I mean, that's, that's awfully tough. That's a tough ask to say, you better win 9 or 10 this year or you're gone. Well, I mean, that that's unrealistic. If you're going to do it based upon – we don't like the way it looks. We don't like the the instability of things. But you know what? I, I'm curious to see how it looks, Neil, because I don't think Gus is going to give away play calling anymore throughout forever long he's going to coach at Auburn. I think he's going to be the play caller from here on out, and that is the right thing. I think Kevin still does a good job. This is a great defensive line, and it is a very underrated secondary. That is a great combination to have, and I think the offensive line is really good and experienced. They're fast at receiver, but they're not. They don't run good routes. They don't run routes, period. They've got two routes that they run in their offense. The backs are deep. Whitlow can be like more than good, but they've got better depth at running back than, than Gus has had. This is a really good team, a really good team, and they are absolutely capable of winning at AM, at Florida, at LSU. Can they do them all? I mean, that, it's just a tough, tough challenge. So I don't know. Uh, I think it's the most intriguing team in the conference, and I don't know. It may be the toughest job in the league because the expectation in, in, on the Plains is that you better be every bit as good as Alabama. Well, nobody is. And then, you know, there's always that. I mean, all and, political. And now you got the, low, now you got low, the low, boogie low, bear in, in Athens hanging over you all the time. Well, yeah, no, and you, that's what I'm saying. And so you've got the politics there that are really unique. And then you got the other, the oldest rival in the South. You got to play Georgia every year. Alabama doesn't have to play Georgia every year. Well, I guess maybe we could see it every year in the conference championship game, but. You got to play Georgia and Alabama every year. That's that is really really tough. You start with the idea that both of those teams have better talent than you. In LSU, you know, I, I think LSU Auburn are close talent wise. I give Auburn's defensive line an edge. Um, I think it's close, but that it's certainly not. You're not going on the road with a superior team. There or to Florida, you're still better than A&M, but that's getting tougher and tougher to say. So I, I think it's an awfully tough situation at Auburn. It really is, and I'm not as convinced that if they're eight and four and they play really well, I think Gus might come back. Now I know everybody's saying, oh no no no, but I think people are saying that just throw out numbers without really studying what the heck's going on. I I, I think eight and four might be a really good season, just like eight and four for A&M. Now, that's a t schedule that's even tougher because you throw in Clemson there. And same thing for South Carolina. How do you like to be those guys? In South Carolina, you got to play Clemson and Georgia every year. Now you got to play Alabama. A&M, you got to play Alabama every year. Uh, you you got to play Georgia and Clemson this year. You know, 
Jimbo's gonna gonna pay dividends when he has a little bit better team and he gets Clemson off the schedule and obviously he doesn't have to play Georgia every year. That's gonna look a lot better. Ten and eleven are gonna be more reasonable, but in a year like this, it's gonna be quite challenging. All right, quick one here. Who wins the SEC? Alabama or Georgia? Alabama. It's still Alabama. Alabama still has more talent than Georgia, not by a large spot, but they are the more complete team, the more talented team. Plus, I think that Alabama's a little better on the defensive line. They're way better at receiver. I think Georgia's maybe a slight edge at running back, but Alabama's good. Both have got good quarterbacks. Both can't have their starter go down. It's Alabama. It's Alabama with an edge. I know Georgia has an edge. I think people criticize Kirby because he, quote-unquote, can't win the big one. How about the fact that Alabama is about three to seven points better personnel-wise? And Georgia's outplayed Alabama twice. I know they couldn't finish. I get it. But if they had, if Alabama had beaten Georgia by 10 points in those two games, people would say, you know, Kirby's got that program good. They're not quite as good as Alabama, but they're really good. Now it's like, well, he's Mark Rick over again. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I mean, it, nothing like that. I mean, now I will say this. The loss at LSU last year was head-scratching because they didn't play anything like they, they normally play. But, no, I think Georgia's really good, and it wouldn't surprise me if it's Georgia. But I'm not going to know that until the health of going into those games. But Alabama's the team to beat in the SEC, and I think they're the team to beat overall. You just answered my next question. Are we looking at Alabama-Clemson again? I think so. Clemson's schedule relative to what they – and here's the thing. They've proven they can lose a game, and with their pedigree, they're 11-1. and one, They're still going into the playoffs. I mean, how are they going to lose two games with that schedule? I mean, that's just not going to happen. Clemson will be there. Alabama will be there. They're likely going to be in the opposite bracket in the 14 playoff. Uh, and it's just a matter of can Georgia be there? Uh, what is Oklahoma? What is the Big Ten champ? Ohio State? I mean, what I. Do you buy it, any it, of this Utah it, hype? Well, if Utah goes unbeaten and wins the conference, they could be what Washington was a couple of years ago or Michigan State was a couple of years ago few years ago yeah they could make it in the play but but they're a really good team very underrated defensive line good secondary great special teams but no they're not a team that's capable of winning in the playoffs but if there's a spot available in this 14 playoff what, what if you have three teams and you know you're going to be deciding between maybe a one loss big 10 champ a one loss big 12 and if if utah's unbeaten I mean, that'll be the discussion. I, I think those two teams are better than Utah, but, but that'll be the discussion. They could get in it, but they can't win it. All right. A couple of just very fast things on NFL. I, yes. said, I, I said I'd touch NFL, and so I, we'll touch it quickly, and then we'll get you back on. If you can, I'll get you back on later this month, and we'll, we'll take a yeah. deep dive into the NFL. Uh, Saints, it's, it sounds like Super Bowl or bust for Saints. That's the, kind of the expectation, uh, at least among their fans. Drew Brees is 40. Uh, they just re-signed Michael Thomas, record record uh, money. There's a lot there. When you look at the Saints, does this look like a Super Bowl team to you? Uh, it does. There's no carryover from year to year, of course. Um, devastating losses back-to-back years on how they lost. As good as anybody, the key is, and we saw that the latter part of last year, when they had got banged up on the offensive line, the, the key for them if they can't run the football, then no, they're not going to make that deep, you know, Super Bowl threat. The key for them is to be able to run the football. That allows their passing game to, to really breathe and make big plays. 
and then protects their defense, which is getting better and better. But again, the Saints are really, really good, like championship threat good when they can run the ball. How much would they miss Mark Ingram? They're going to miss him, but how much? Latavius Murray's a little different. That's going to be interesting to watch. On the positive side, if he can stay healthy, Jared Cook is going to allow them to do things with the tight end that they, we have not seen since Jimmy Graham was there. But can he stay healthy? That's the key. Um, no, this will be a really good team. Getting health, getting Sheldon Rankings back on the defensive line. They're the team to beat in the South. And I think that, you know, they're, they're one of the favorites. I think a healthy Philly, definitely the Bears. Um, you know, I, I think the Saints are in the very short list of teams. But so much is going to be health-wise. I thought they were really, really good early. And at the end, when they got the offensive line back healthy, I thought they were the best team, should have been in the Super Bowl. They were better, I think, than the Rams. And but they, and it would have given the Patriots a much better, like, like a much better chance of winning that game than the Rams. But you know, it it it, it, it a lot is how you look health wise in November from Thanksgiving on, and that we can't forecast that. They're going to be really good, and Drew Brees. He plays a little different. He's not as good as he was in terms of his arm strength. But I'm going to tell you, that guy is still grading out in the blues, what we call the, the when we grade players in the in the, the, in, in the the parlance of NFL personnel scouting, blues, reds. He is – there's not a – other than Patrick Mahomes, no quarterback played better than Drew Brees last year. So when people say, ah, oh, he's not that good anymore, he's not as good as he used to be. He's still better than everybody else right now, and he graded out better even than Brady last year. Every, anybody, everybody better other than Mahomes last year. Now, it's going to slow down more and more. We'll see. Last thing, I'm taking my son in uh, December, Chiefs-Bears at Soldier Field. Oh, man. If I told you one of those teams in the Super Bowl, would you immediately say Kansas City, or is there any chance the Bears could get that far? No, I think the Bears – probably have a better shot. Uh, we need to see what Kansas City can do defensively. Love what they're doing on offense, but um, some makeovers, some changeovers on defense. If some of the young guys can get their pass rush going, I think the Chiefs have a really good chance with their offense. But I like this Bears team. They're a physical team. They're a good run team. I think they're going to be great on defense. I think they're the best defense in the NFC, and they don't put a ton of pressure on Trubisky that's maybe the team that would be most difficult for a team like the Saints to beat uh no I, I think I think there's a good chance of both and uh maybe an outside chance that that could be a rematch but uh, that ought to be a really good game for you and your son to watch Chris as always man it's great to visit with you you're an encyclopedia as it comes to football look forward to doing it again soon oh thank you so much you know I appreciate having you and uh, look forward to doing it again soon talk to you soon our thanks to Chris for his time today on the podcast. It's always fun to visit with him. The guy's an absolute football encyclopedia. Uh, the plan is to come back next week, uh, maybe more football, maybe more NFL. Still working on some uh, Major League Baseball stuff as we get into the dog days of August, the pennant races, uh, which teams have positioned themselves to make legitimate World Series runs. Can anyone catch the Astros now that Zach Grinke is a part of that rotation? So a lot to talk about with baseball. Uh, football full swing as of next week. So we'll get to some different topics, working on a couple of different things. So until then, I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Beer Garden presented by Oxford Crystal. Take care.